Welcome back to episode <laughs> Two Drunk Brothers in the Podcast. That was weird. Um, just Ethaniel and I coming at you this week. Evening. With, with an episode. Jared is just got back from vacation, so he's taking the night off. Don't blame him. He just binge drank for probably seven days <laughs> with a one-year-old on the beach, so I can't imagine how stressful no. that was. Um, but... We're back at you. So we've got NBA Finals. We're going to talk a little bit about the previous series, the whatever conference semifinals. We're going to talk a little bit about the finals. Um, and then we're going to do some MLB power rankings. As you know, summers get a little dry here. Brothers. <laughs> Except so, for the drinking. We'll, uh, the drinking stays very yeah, wet. The drink, yeah, there's, we're not dry on the drinking. <laughs> we're, we're wet as can be. But... The drinking, the drinking stays dry. Or fuck, the episode uh, stays dry. The drinking stays dry, baby. <laughs> We've got, uh, but we're going to do back and forth in the power rankings. But let's kick it off. NBA uh, conference semifinals, Ethan Celtics. Me and Jared predicted the Heat win. Ethan obviously thought the Celtics would win. It was looking like a clear shot blow away and then yeah. came back, evened up the series at 3 3. Um, they were just banged up, man. Yeah, it's a little, uh, I think, more hurtful to lose that way than had they just gotten swept. I was going to um, say, I think you'd just a, rather get swept. Yep. Obviously, fun series to watch. Like, you know, being down 3 0, and you're just like, ah, whatever. Like, I didn't even watch game uh, four because I was like, there's no point. They've been playing like shit. Like, it's over. They won game four. So I was like, ah, oh, I'll tune into game five. They won game five. So I was locked in game six. They hit that buzzer beater, I, which, first of all, as soon as Jimmy Butler hit those free throws, thought that game was over, too. And I was like, well, it was a good run. You get that buzzer beater. And then going into game seven, I told Travis this um, so he can vouch for me. I said either the Celtics were going to win by 30 or the Heat were going to win by 30 and might might as well have been Heat by 30. Um, kind of just went, unfortunately, how I, I thought it might end up um, because I really I had hope that the Celtics would come out blow them away in game seven at home but then also i knew travis talked about it after game six he was like you know you're gonna have a pissed off heat team pissed off jimmy butler gonna play a lot better than what he played in game six and it kind of proved to be the case bam still looked like shit though but i wish i wish i would have trusted my gut uh my initial gut instinct because we me and ethan and another buddy of ours were texting after the after game six and as soon as the game ended i was like give me heat money line in game seven, I was like, after that heartbreaking loss that, that just happened, I, I thought that they'd have like, like you said, a little bit, something more to play with, even though they were going on the road. Um, but instead I just took heat plus seven and a half. And I really wish I would have just laid some extra wood on heat money a lot. Yeah. Either way. Um, I kind of saw the writing on the walls. Like once, once the, uh, Celtics won game four, I was like, this is going to go seven. I was like, it's just, I feel like they're just going to yeah. rattle off a couple more wins. <laughs> but in the end, I mean, Tatum got hurt. Brogdon was hurt the last, what, two three or three games? games? Yep. Um, it just, I mean, it, 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 the cards were not in their favor. They run it. It's kind of like, I mean, you know, we look on the other side in the NHL, same fucking team from the same fucking city. You found a team when they're hot, you know? Yep. Uh, yep. But I think – and this will allude to what I was going to say next. Um, both of those teams are running into buzzsaws, though. So what I did, and I was telling Ethan this, I said I'd say it on the pod so I didn't spoil it. Um, I did a parlay. First of all, the Nuggets to win the finals is minus 400 right now, which is just yeah. stupid. But I parlayed that with Vegas, uh, and it was plus 120. I think it's pretty, pretty good. Oh, yeah odds yep. for the teams that they're playing against yeah i would uh i would have to agree i think that just like you said you know the heat obviously great story have looked really good throughout the playoffs jimmy butler has kind of played out of his mind with the exception of just a couple games um but you're running into a nuggets team that is just so deep and there's only so much in my opinion that guys like caleb martin gabe vincent max Struess can give you they were on fire in the Eastern Conference Finals, but you just played a grueling seven games and you have a Nuggets team that's been sitting for a week, fully rested up, ready to go. I just, I, I can't see them. They're so, that, they're so outmatched. 
Like, I don't know. Almost in every facet. You could, I was going to say, you could list off, you know, they're starting one through five, um, and they are they pretty much get beaten just about every one. I think, I mean, who's the, who's the Nuggets two? Who's their shooting guard? Um, I don't know. They have Jamal Murray, who's their point. You got Michael Porter at the three, three. Aaron Gordon at the four, Jokic at the five. They're two. I mean, I know it was like a two? platoon for a while during the regular season. I think they're official. Oh, it's um, Contavious Caldwell Pope. Is, yeah, KCP. Um, they I also think... have fucking. Oh my God, now his name's escaping me. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's basically KCP. If KCP was starting. So I think in turn, like, as, as of how they're playing right now, Caleb Martin might edge out KCP for the two spot. But outside of that, I mean, Jamal Murray clears Jimmy Butler. It's not by a large margin, but he does a little bit, in my opinion. Um, Michael Porter Jr. clears who's the th- whoever the three man is for the Heat. Um, <clears throat> well, fuck, it's they've been playing so small. It's probably like I was gonna say Martin. Um, I mean, yeah, technically, I technically, Jimmy Butler's probably their three. Jimmy Butler is a natural shooting guard, but um, unless and I'm Caleb wrong, Martin's I mean, a natural is, point guard. For anybody listening, but, I am not the most well-versed NBA person in the world, so don't judge me. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I can, I can name you their – I can name you roster, but in terms of where they're playing on a nightly basis, I mean, it gets mixed up. Jimmy, there might be one guy on the Heat that's going to clear a guy on the well, Nuggets. And teams play – yeah, I was going to say teams play so positionless nowadays. Like, Jimmy Butler's listed as a small forward, but – he, he plays point guard. He's a shooting guard. <laughs> like he's he's kind of like LeBron. To be <laughs> yeah, um, but he is listed like, as a small forward. So if you if you had to match him up, he technically goes up against MPJ, which I would give the edge to Jimmy Butler. Not there. to him. Yeah, um, yeah. but um, other than that, you're right. Like give Jimmy Butler the edge at small forward. Jamal Murray is way better than fucking what I mean. Kyle Lowry, Gabe Vincent, whoever you want to throw there, Max Struess. Um, Jokic is the best player on the floor. Uh, I mean, far. Jokic is just gonna. He, I think he's just gonna make Bam Adebayo look like a little kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they have some time. Uh, they're so they're the gonna game. look for switches all day long. Any chance that they can get a mismatch, which they're pretty long. You got Aaron. I mean, you got MPJ playing the fucking three. So, if what are you gonna do? If the Heat are gonna win this series they have to shoot like they did against the Celtics in game six and seven from deep. Like they, I mean, they were shooting over 50% in both games for the majority of some. And honestly, the bets I'm going to be looking out for, if I'm going to be gambling on it is going to be, you're going to have to find it. If it's at a low number, I don't know what the books are putting in that, but Caleb Martin's just points. Yep. Also, by the way, I don't care what people say, because I know Jimmy Butler had a good series. But Caleb Martin should have been the Eastern Conference Finals MVP. Like I, I don't know how you don't give a guy who averaged like twenty two points a game, but consistently nine in the regular plus. season. Yeah, and then also just did what he did and kind of in that game six. I know they lost game six, but he carried the game team when and game, even in when game Jimmy, seven. Yeah. Well, oh yeah, for sure. But I mean, like when Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo did nothing in game six, Caleb Martin was just lighting it up from deep from the floor wherever he was. He was mismatching down low, fading away with jump shots. Just everything was dropping. Every time the ball was in his hands when I was watching, I was like, well, here comes a bucket for the Heat because he just would not miss. A guy that averaged nine points per game in the regular season in the Eastern Conference Finals against the Celtics went 15, 25, 18, 16, 14, 21, 26. Like he didn't have a bad game, really. I mean, he didn't. He shot... Over 50%, over 50% in every single game. And again, most valuable player is not always your best player. It's the guy who's the difference maker that that puts you out there. And like we people expect Jimmy Butler to have good games, right? And it's not like Jimmy Butler was out there having 40, 45 point games, 10 boards, 10 assists, or something like that. He had just a good series, but Caleb Martin was the difference maker in that series. So he was, in my yeah. opinion, the most valuable player to the heat. But that's just me. And he played the most minutes in Game Seven, um, yeah. And I saw I, I saw some tweets. Uh, I guess it would have been last night. That's like some people were like, 
Caleb Martin, you know, never heard of this guy until he started destroying the Celtics. Bro, I was fucking watching Caleb Martin when he was <laughs> at Nevada. Man, him and yeah. him and his twin brother uh, balled out. And, I mean, they put Nevada on the map in terms of basketball when they were there. They made the tournament several times. They were always a force to be reckoned with. So, uh, I mean, I knew he's a baller, and it's great to see him transition to the league to how he is. So, like I said, I would like for guys like that to win a ring. Uh, but I'm betting on the Nuggets, and I'd like to also see MPJ win a ring. You know, that's how. Uh, that's actually how he was doing it. Um, they were just switching out him and his twin brother. That way, he was fully rested. Yeah, um, <laughs> 45 minutes. That's how he got it. Yeah, exactly. Fucking, hey, throw this jersey on. <laughs> so hey, tears ACL. Another one comes right in. Oh, Caleb Martin's <laughs> out with an injury. He comes in second half. He's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Wait. He has a different haircut. <laughs> uh, but no, um, I think everyone and their brother's going to pick the. I mean, you have to roll yeah. on the side of the Nuggets. I think whenever we recorded a couple weeks ago, I said Nuggets and. I guess I said Nuggets and six. Something like might that. Be, yeah. I might be. I don't, I don't think they're going to sweep it. I think they could, but I don't think they will. Yeah. We'll see. So. I, I mean,. I, I think it could be a good series. I think it's just going to be fun because there's going to be a lot of uh, blood boiling. If you remember the whole Jimmy Butler, Jokic fiasco, you know, like meet me in the back after the game. They met him in the locker room. It was last year. Um, got into a fight on the court. Like this could be a, an entertaining series just from a pure, like if they start getting into it standpoint, um, might be a, might be a fun one to watch just to see if any, any uh, bad blood boils over. That is true. That would be fun. I love seeing. I love fights. Um, mm-hmm. Did you see Jimmy Butler's post game outfit? Yes, that is a direct shot at Jason Tatum, like the St. Louis Browns yep. hat. And, yep. Like I mean, uh, dope outfit, but like you're not wearing anything St. Louis unless you're taking a shot at Jason Tatum there, because the dude has no, zero yeah. ties to St. Louis. What are you gonna wear a St. Louis Browns hat for? <laughs> Don't get me wrong, dude. I had uh, an old school St. Louis Browns hat stored away. Uh, that I bought in Cooperstown when I went. St. Louis Browns hats, sick, awesome. Yeah. They're yep. dope. He should have. He should have pulled out like a fucking Shamanat hoodie. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, Shamanat hoodie like a Duke hat. Should have been dude. No, he should have had it ready. Fucking got an Emo's pizza. Oh my god! At the press conference, that's the way. That's what he should have fucking done. Dude. That would have been all time. Can't top it because uh, he is. Yeah. Th- those emos commercials are so cringe. So you're not in St. Louis. Uh, you don't know yeah. what we're talking about, but he is a spokesperson for a. I mean, if you don't know emos, then you live under a rock, even if you're not from here. But his emos commercials are god awful. But either way, that's hilarious. Every, everybody knows it's emos. Um, anyways, <laughs> speaking of St. Louis, though, I just side plug really fast. I tried ordering the Jason Tatum St. Louis colorway Nike shoes because um, they're sick looking, and I order them off Dicks. Finish the order like sell or it goes through everything and then i get an email like three hours later orders canceled we're out of stock i'm like cool couldn't have just told me that when i tried buying them originally so now i'm wow. on the search for the uh jason tatum st louis colorways if anybody has well, so, i mean you're gonna have to probably pay <laughs> fucking double or triple right at that rate yeah what, so, what were they they are um so they're just his new he has his own shoe brand now um with nike and they are like so he has four different ones. There is like Barbershop, St. Louis. Um, oh my God, what are the other two? They they all have like, or not all, but a couple of them have ties to St. Louis. And then um, the other ones are like Barbershop, which is a pretty cool color. But the St. Louis ones are like white with like red uh, trimming and some blue on them. Um, and then obviously like the JT logo, but they're pretty sick looking. I kind of wanted to grab my new shoes anyways. Yeah. It looks like uh, I'm on Hibbit's website right now. Looks like they have some in stock. Might have to look. But they, I mean, all four of them are really sick looking. Did you uh, see the other ones? Like the other colorways? I just see. I just see right now just the St. Louis colorways: white slash university red slash university. It's like a baby blue. The Jordans yep. in red. Yep. Right yeah, now it looks, looks like. like I mean, 
Yeah. They, the have, one, they, they have, have inhibits, so go fucking go order them. Only 120 bucks. Nice. Yeah, I'm gonna have to go look because right now it looks like the only two styles they have in on the Nike store are the barbershop ones and the St. Louis ones, but the St. Louis ones are only in uh kid size. So my feet aren't gonna fit oh, in that. Well Hibbets has them <laughs> like from like eight to twelve, all in stock. So nice. we'll cop those things. Um anyway, yeah, so that was a all time troll move by Jimmy Butler. Um <laughs> we'll see what happens in the finals. But I have nuggets and then uh brief touching, just have to cover it. NHL uh I think it is Knights. I'll go Knights in five, bold statement, although I think they might end up getting it done in six. But I think Vegas wins for sure. Yeah, I, I don't even know if it will be that close, to be honest. Like, Vegas is – I mean, it, both teams have looked really good in this in this playoff run. But um, the Knights have just been the better team throughout the entire course of the season. Um, Matthew Kachuk can only hit so many game-winning goals. Um, in overtime. I mean, he had, he had what, three <laughs> – in the last round against the Carolina Hurricanes, like that's insane in itself. Like you, you might not even be where you are if not for just those three shots. So, um, awesome story. Love Matthew Kachuk just because of the Kachuk ties to St. Louis. Oh, yeah, but like yeah, St. Louis, but I'm still going Knights here. I, I don't see a way that the Panthers can can pull this one out. It may be closer than I think, but I, I would have to say just like you, five or six. It's not going seven. Again, going back to Shamanad, Matthew Kachuk. Yep. Like we just produced nothing but winners here in St. Louis. Um, but I mean, yeah, Vegas had Vegas had Dallas swept in game four, uh, led up the two one lead and then lost in overtime and ended up winning it in six. So uh, yeah. I'll take I'll take Vegas all day long in that. But that is about all we care. All, all we're gonna talk about for NBA NHL. Nothing on the news front in terms of um NFL. I looked to see if there's any like Breaking news. Yeah. Um, no, it's been quiet. Nothing. I mean, it really. Oh, here we go. We could talk a little bit about this. Um, DeAndre Hopkins released from the yeah, Cardinals. True. <laughs> Let's do um, teams that, I mean, he's pretty much, I hope he's a good fit anywhere, but teams that could specifically add him that make them an immediate contender. Uh, who would you pick? Uh, well, I mean, to me, they're, they're already contenders technically, but to me, the, the obvious one right off the bat is the Chiefs, and it'd be the last place I want to see him go. But um, yeah. right now, their guys Kadarius Tony. So like, yeah, I, and I mean, other places that really need receivers that could be contenders. Um, as much as we maybe don't believe in Lamar Jackson, the Ravens. It seems like a pretty obvious fit, um, just from needing. If you're that, if you're his age, though, would you want to go to a place where? Because if you if you think about it, like his receivers don't get the stats that you know, yeah. you're going to get elsewhere. Now I'll tell you but one you that you go. might agree with that um, I know we had some differing opinions last year on this individual, um, but the Chargers seems like a seems like a really good fit because they're it's a good fit in terms of where they're at. Low now, granted, DeAndre Hopkins is also again. Here. Yeah, you're getting another old <laughs> veteran guy. Um, um, yeah, I don't know the. Raiders, maybe. Yeah, I mean, but again, like if, and did you see like his like? His, did you see ahead. his like list of desires or whatever of where he, he's going to go? So he said that he's he only wants to go to a team that has a stable franchise quarterback that wants to win, a good defense, so not a great defense, but a good defense, and stable um, management. And so, so he's I was like, trying to win a ring. <laughs> Yes, exactly. And so I'm like, so that right there to me eliminates the Raiders just because Josh McDaniels is their head coach and they just got Jimmy Garoppolo, right? Jimmy Garoppolo is so there. Chiefs are number one radar because yep. the ones that you said, right? Um, yeah, no, for sure. Like, I, other than that, though, people said the Bills and I'm like, but no, like, I, yes, but no, like, they're not, I don't think they're going to go out and try to get him. Just because I don't know if I don't know if he makes a huge difference for their team for what they may or may not have to pay him. Yeah, I agree there. He's man, I don't know. That's tough. That's a really tough one. I I can't think of many other with that criteria. There's not a lot of options. Yeah, I was gonna say three or four teams. Like 
And then he could have said he could have went with the Packers, but now he went to the Jets. Who, I mean, don't I mean? Yeah, they have a good quarterback, but they don't have a stable, really anything at this rate. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, also, can the Jets even afford to? Not necessarily money wise, but can they afford to sign him because of all the other receivers they've put in that? Did you say stable veteran quarterback? Franchise quarterback is what he said. So I mean that that could that could be vague because you could have. I mean Justin Fields is a franchise quarterback technically. Um, Say maybe the Steelers. Yeah, Steelers. I mean, I just like I'm trying to think of other teams that have quarterbacks that aren't either dog shit or unproven because like. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, we'll take you down in Miami. I don't know if two is our franchise quarterback, but you can come on down and join the squad. Oh my God. Fucking Jalen Waddle. <laughs> can Tyreek you imagine? DeAndre Hopkins. <laughs> if Derek Carr wasn't in New Orleans, Saints, not a bad option, but I mean, yeah, maybe still not it's a bad option. Who knows? No one's going to predict where the fuck guy goes. He's going to go yeah. to some square ass team. <laughs> on the uh, Titans. <laughs> but yeah, that's he. That's it. On that front, before we hop into MLB uh, power rankings, also want to touch on tonight, Tuesday night, Ultimate Fighter starts. Coaches Conor McGregor, Michael Chandler, Ethan. I expect you to be watching this series this season. So, what is it on? It's on ESPN Plus. So, okay. if you don't have it, ESPN Plus. <laughs> you have to buy. I'm sure. I'm sure we can sneaky link a login somewhere. But I know Jarrett's watching it. I've watched the last couple seasons. Uh, I'm gonna. I mean, it's Conor McGregor, Michael Chandler. It's gonna be surefire electricity all the way through. So it could be something that we talk about on the podcast throughout the summer because uh, it'll last like five or six weeks. So uh, definitely be sure to watch that if you haven't. Uh, tune in because we will be talking about it and we'll be talking about the fighters because there's like eight or nine, not eight or nine. I, fuck, I don't know where I just saw a number. Said, and there's like five or six fighters from last ultimate fighter that made the UFC um, and are trying to make their way up. So it'll be, be some good entertainment, some good shit we'll talk about. So I had to touch on that it starts tonight. So you can watch all the episodes or the first episode tomorrow, probably on ESPN plus. All right. Without that being said, let's hop on into our MLB power rankings, last to first. Ethan, absolutely. Um, I'll let you. I'll go first. I'll kick it off, but I think that's a pretty unanimous pick. Yeah, I say you, you kicking it off with the easiest pick of all time. <laughs> I am. I mean, the easiest. It's a team that will not be in their city much longer. It's the Oakland Athletics. Yeah, have they, you uh, seen? Yes, the rendering the stadium. Yeah, it's pretty sick. Yeah, in Vegas, yeah. dope. Yeah. What do you think about an MLB team in Vegas, though? Um, I mean, I, at this point, they're gonna get. It's gonna get more popularity than what they have right now in Oakland because that that attendance is just abysmal. And maybe it's not necessarily the fans' fault because I know that they've let that stadium run underground. They obviously have let that team run into the ground. So it, it's just like, what what is there even to watch anymore? But you know, you've put a. Hockey team, you've put a football team. Now you put a baseball team in Vegas. I'm sure eventually there'll be a basketball team. Um, and you could turn it into a sports town. Um, so eh, interesting to see what happens there. I don't think that it will garner as much popularity as people think necessarily. Because I don't. when I think Vegas, I don't think let's go to a baseball game. Um, right. But, you know, it could. I think I, I do find it unfortunate, though, because, I mean, they've they've been. It's not like they haven't been no, right. for a long time. They're in the playoffs. Like they've like been good years, in years ago. <laughs> they've been good in years past. They, I mean, even then, like they've just not gotten the support that. I mean, they've gotten support, but not the not what they should have gotten credited for. But either way, Oakland A's at thirty. They're absolutely atrocious. They might. I, I mean, I'm definitely moving moving them is not going to make them better. But no, there needs to be a change. Yeah, they they might break the record for the worst record in MLB history this year because they're on pace to do it. So just just I horrible. Agree. Yep. You um, got the twenty nine. Twenty nine was a little bit tougher for me um, because I would love, well, not love, I'm not trying to say that to hate on this team, but it, it would make sense to put the Kansas City Royals here. But I almost think I have to go with the Chicago White Sox because of how underperforming they actually are. Um, this is a team Every that. Year. Exactly. Every year 
but a team that this year you would have expected to be in the runnings for their division, which granted they're the AL, the AL central is about as bad as the NL central is. Um, but it's just vastly underperforming for the talent they have. The reason I didn't put the Royals here is because they have a lot of young guys that are a lot of unproven guys, not a great pitching staff um, that kind of expected them to struggle a little bit. So just because it's power rankings, I got to put the Chicago White Sox at 29. Okay, that's fair. Well, I'll go with the secondary team at 28. I'm going to go with the Kansas City Royals. Um, I mean, a team that has been just absolutely awful in the pitching realm of things. I mean, they don't have really any pitchers. But then again, you look on the offensive side, they don't have anyone that can muster up any runs. So uh, up until tonight, their record was 1738. (laughs) Rock on. Uh, Now they're 1739. But – yeah, I mean, they're not going anywhere, and they've been bad almost ever since they won the World Series. After that, they've just yep. they just fell it's apart. Just like they had it, it reminds me a lot of that 2016 2015 era Cubs team, right? Like it was the same time too, roughly, because Royals won it in 2015, Cubs won it in 2016. Had really good pieces together, had it all together for like one or two years, and then everything just dissipated. And, and I mean, you go you go three years in a row there. You go Giants. Royals, Cubs. Yep. Pretty much every team fell off after they won. Yep. It's uh, good for them. You go all out, you win. But after yeah. that, it just kind of leaves you hanging. All right. 27. Um, I'm going to, there's two teams I could have put here. I think I still have to go with the Washington Nationals. Um, again, it's similar, similar to the Royals, though. A lot of young talent, a lot of, a lot of young guys that are just kind of first getting their start. Um, couple of younger sparky players like Lane Thomas, for example, a lot of former Cardinals on this team as well. Um, I believe Luke Voigt is still on that team. Um, Lane. Yeah. Thomas Matt Adams there. raking in triple a for the, yeah, Nets. exactly. Matt Adams, <laughs> Matt Adams career is the most interesting to me of all time too, because he's gone like St. Louis nationals, brave St. Louis nationals. Um, <laughs> he's, he's, Louis. Hey, keep it in rotation, baby. <laughs> Don't ever um, sell those houses. <laughs> Um, so for me though, exact young guys, young talent that's still trying to learn, develop, and that's kind of where they're going to be. And they're not going to do much outside of that. They got rid of their entire core, kind of like the Cubs. Again, we just talked about it. Another team that, you know, won the world series in 2018, 2019, um, 2019. And since then they've lost Trey Turner, Kyle Schwarber. Um, they already didn't have Bryce Harper for the world series team, but, um, then you lost Josh Bell, Juan Soto. Like you've just been getting rid of Max Scherzer. Like you've lost all of this talent, and so now you're just kind of left with the the returns from that talent. Fair enough. My 26, and I'm going to jump up a few teams here in terms of where the standings are currently, because in terms of where they're going to fall. But I'm going with the Cincinnati Reds at 26. Um, I think that I think that the teams in the gap between the Nats and them do have better rosters. We see this every year from the Reds. They start out decent. Um, at, like I say, decent, not absolutely awful. They have like, you know, close to 500 record and then they just plummet. Um, I think we're going to see that again. They have a lot of young pitching who um, gets a lot of strikeouts. but can't, you know, hold any runs to save their ass. So I got the Reds at 26. Um. Yeah, I don't hate that at all. And I want to say this for everybody listening, too. If you're not a big MLB follower this year, I, I mean, the teams between 26 and 15, it's just a clusterfuck. Of, yeah, there's going to be a lot of shifting. Yeah. Um, no teams have really, like, separated themselves except for the very, very top. Everybody else is just kind of in this giant conglomerate of – five, six games above 500 to five, six games below 500. And that's that's a bit of a stretch in itself, too. Most teams are just hovering at 500 right now. But I mean, from nine to 25, it's a five-game gap Yeah, right now. Yep. So we got to think about that. Crazy. We're just doing this to fill some, fill some time <laughs> and, and kind of predict where we might think these teams are going to finish. Yeah. And just fun to talk about. Um, but that's why I'm like, you know, I don't hate that pick with Cincinnati because they have been on a, a nosedive. And I'll give you another team that is kind of on a nosedive as well because they, they actually didn't start 
too bad, and it's the Colorado Rockies. They they kind of overperformed probably at the beginning of the season. They don't have terrible talent, but again, they just don't have pitching. Um, their hitting is mind blowing outside of like CJ Crone, and again, he's he mostly provides you power. Um, they got guys who like have had names in the past. Your Randall Grichicks, your Charlie Blackmans, your Ryan McMahons. Um, but outside of that, it's just again, it's guys who are going to give you some sometimes and not give you a whole lot all the rest of the time. Yeah, I hear you. I think their their roster just needs some revamping. Um, at twenty four, I'm going to give. It just sucks because I don't know who to put below them. Actually, here you go. I'm going to take a step up. Again, I'm going to take another reach, but a team whose roster I don't think meets the the next criteria of some of the ones below them. I'm going to go Detroit Tigers. Uh, a lot of young talent and then a lot of old talent. Um, until they put it all together, they're not really going to be that team. Right now they're 25 and 28. Um, a little bit better than some of the teams we haven't listed off, but again, I think with time and uh, the length of the season, some of those younger guys are going to fall off. Yep, and I listen to uh, MLB Network a lot too. And a lot of the conversations that center around the Detroit Tigers is they can't keep up the pace that they've been keeping up at this moment because the talent level just isn't there um, to drive their success of what they've had, whether it's the rotation, the back end of the bullpen, or the lineup in itself. Um, They've got some good talent in their lineup. You know, Spencer uh, Torkelson is up an up-and-coming young star. Um, Akil Badu, I mean, he had a really great start to his career, and he's kind of been non-existent ever since, but hasn't looked bad this year so far. So Eric maybe, Haas is good. Eric Haas is good, um, but I don't know. It's just, again, we talk about teams that haven't quite made the jump over the edge for what they need to do to get themselves on track. We'll talk about a team in a little bit, um, like the Orioles, who have made those moves and it's paying off. The Tigers have not done that. So I don't hate that at all. Before you jump into your next your next, Yeah, pick, I see that. What's I'm in your finally, hand there, sir? I'm finally opening up this uh, this pack of <laughs> seltzers. So it is Quirk. It's from Boulevard Brewing Company in Kansas City. Ugh, gag me. <laughs> but I do love me some Boulevard. You're in the Midwest. I don't know where they all – where they – distribute to but it's their new whipped hard hard seltzer series so this is the peach apricot 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 tomato tomato whatever you want to yeah whatever you want to call it apricot apricot apron um also the dodgers are about to blow our parlays because the one-to-one in the third bases loaded for the nationals i saw that however this drink is fire I mean, it, I give it, this the, a seven. The uh, can just makes it look good. It's very yeah, nice design. It? Look at that. Look at that. <laughs> seven out of ten. I'll get a seven and a half out of ten. Okay. I'm going to review I'll all the rookie, I'm, rookie score. I'm drinking <laughs> three of these before we get done with this. So nice. Love Let's that. go. Um, next team, and they can hate me all they want, but it is just true. It is nothing but the facts. Um, because before they say you put us below St. Louis, yeah, you're fucking right. I did. It's the Chicago Cubs because you're on the wrong direction, and we are maybe not necessarily they, the right direction, but they're falling we off hard. Yeah, we were 14 games under 500. Now we're seven, and we're as much as five. Y'all were above 500, looking pretty strong, and now you're six games under 500 and looking gross. Except for Marcus Stroman with his masterclass one hit performance last night. But I digress. Your team just, again, you sign guys like James B. Swanson, Cody Bellinger, um, Trey Mancini, thinking that, like, oh, my God, look at these big pieces. But those are big names that they, they haven't had just, like, you know, great previous. James B. Swanson is the only one who had an incredible year last year, and that was the outlier year of his career. So always been a great defender. But from an offensive standpoint, that was the outlier. Cody Bellinger has not I looked agree. like himself in three years. Trey Mancini is old. Um, I mean, just, I don't know what you expect. So it's, you're going to, you're going to hover about 10 games below 500 for the entire year. Probably. Yeah. I was between the Tigers and the Cubs for me in that last one. So I'm glad you took them. Also Dodgers escaped the inning. Um, so that's nice. One, one, um, 22 spot. (sighs) That's tough. I mean, I have a, I have a couple, I'm deciding between two. I think I'm going to go on the end of the one in just record terms. 
Uh, I'm going to go with the Guardians. Um, just talent-wise, I mean, they. I feel like they haven't got any fresh dudes in um, in a while outside of Quan. Mm-hmm. And uh, like I said, I mean, I'm not saying that, that it relies on Jose Ramirez, but I, I said he was going to kind of have a, a season that was subpar, and I think that just kind of is going to be the like relative term with their team this season. It's just going to be subpars. I mean, they're not going to be horrible, but they're not going to be great. Have them at 22, just a little bit below average. Yeah, you got you have guys like Andres Jimenez, who was a stud. Um, I can't remember if it was last year or the year before that. Now he's batting 227. Hasn't really produced a ton. Guys like Josh Naylor, who, um, I mean, it played big parts for them, whether it was in the playoffs, um, just good all-around hitting. He's batting 235. Um, just not – I mean, you've got guys that just aren't producing on that roster that you think would, and – Again, you can't rely on um, your star player to carry the entire load. We can talk about that with this next team that I'm going to bring up at 21, and it is our own St. Louis Cardinals. Um, You can't rely on guys like Goldie and Nolan to carry the whole team. Now, granted, they aren't carrying shit right now, um, so it doesn't really matter. But this this is a team that most abysmal start I think anybody could have expected. Um, A team that was supposed to win 90-plus games, 10 and 24 to start the season. Um, You make a big comeback, win 11 of your next 14. Um, Everybody's like, oh, my God, they're back on track. And then you start slipping games to the Guardians and to the Royals that we've already mentioned. Um, And now it's just like, okay, where do you pick up from here? So got to do something with the pitching. The offense has to get going with the talent they know they have um, because you have hitters from top to bottom that just aren't hitting right now. Um, I think this team could definitely make a jump a lot higher, but until we see it, can't really put them higher. <clears throat> yeah, I I kind of and I was I was actually trying not to be biased with this. I had them a little bit higher just in terms of like sheer just talent and expectations of where they should be. Um, I think I I was I didn't have them above fifteen by any means. I had them in between fifteen and twenty um, yeah. because I I think even even if you want to take into fact but just the talent they have and what they should be at. Um, it shouldn't be higher than that in terms of how they're performing, but I don't hate it. I'm glad we're realists right there at 21. I do think that we could, we would flip flop these teams uh, and put the Cardinals at 20 and this team at 21. Uh, I have the Pittsburgh pirates. Cause I absolutely do not think that they are better than the Cardinals. Um, they have just abs. They have just hit a cliff here as of late and they are trending downwards so fast three and seven in their last 10 uh, they were well above 500. Now they're under 500. I think they're yeah. going to plummet quick, really quick, and uh, be towards the bottom of the NL Central. But as of right now, I guess you know they're up there, so we'll keep them up there. But right now, I got them at 20 and no higher. That they were my next team on the list, so I I don't hate that at all. That that's a team that started 20 and eight, and since then they are six and 19. Um, so very much we talk about the Cubs making a slip. That is a team that is making a dramatic slip. I mean, you're looking at run differential right now. They're at zero. The Cardinals and Cubs are in the plus category. So, yeah. Yep. Um, this is where it gets tough because now you have a run of teams that were supposed to be really good this year and they haven't been like at all to any standard. And so you run into teams like, Philly, San Diego, um, the New York Mets, the Seattle Mariners, all teams that were supposed to just be maybe not like, I mean, the Padres were supposed to win 100 games this year, according to a lot of people. That's not going to happen. But I think I have to go with the Phillies here. Um, I think that just you had a ton of talent, but nobody, I mean, Trey Turner, I I don't know. I mean, there's, there's almost no excuse for how they've started because you have elite pitching almost from top to bottom. You have a, a lineup that is just, I mean, Kyle Schwarber, Trey Turner, Bryce Harper, um, guys like Alec Bohm have been hitting really well, Brandon Marsh, um, and they just haven't been getting it done. Trey Turner has still, I believe, to this day, had more home runs in the World Baseball Classic than he does in the regular season with the Phillies so far. Um, and that was like nine games versus like 49. Um, I don't know if that's still true, but I know it was true like a week ago. I don't think he's hit many home runs if any since then 
Um, Do you know how many he had in the World Baseball Classic by chance? I believe he had five, and I think he has four right now. All right. I believe. Give me give me ten seconds. Trey Turner has five now. But so that's also through yeah. that's also through fifty four games. And people are probably like, oh, he's not a home run hitter. Okay, well, he's also batting two forty. Um hasn't really been on base. His on base percentage is two eighty five. Like that is not what you want off a guy who should be a leadoff hitter. He's he's a natural leadoff hitter. Um, you guys got you got guys like Nick Cassianos, who, well, he's actually batting two ninety five. So he's been. If you want to, if you want, yeah, I was gonna say if you want to look at at just hitting perspective for them right now, they are sixth worst in the MLB in run differential at negative forty. So. Yeah, and and I'll be honest, like looking at some of these guys' stats, it's not terrible. Like Bryson Stotts batting two eighty seven, Alec Bohm two sixty five, JT Real Muto two sixty three. But I'm guessing it sounds to me like they're just not converting it into runs. They're probably just getting on base, and then you're leaving guys hanging. And um, then you got guys like Kyle Schwarber who are batting one sixty six. So that doesn't help you. But, yeah, that does definitely does not help. Yeah, I uh, don't disagree there. At eighteen, I think another. These are two other teams that might flip-flop come the end of the year. I have a team that might be exceeding expectations a little bit of the Miami Marlins. Um, you got a really young team and a lot and a really young core uh, that I think is playing pretty well. But sustainability-wise, I don't think they're going to be able to be up there. Uh, so 18 is a good spot for them. Yeah, I agree because they are overperforming a little bit, and I think that's partially because their division's underperforming a little bit. So some of those wins they probably stolen in division um, with guys like or with teams like the Phillies, um, the Mets. But obviously, their pitching can take them a long way in terms of the record that they're showing right now. Edward Cabrera's had a good start to his year. Sandy Alcantara, even though or Alcantara, I was going to say, I think he, um, I, I think Alcantara might be one of the worst on their. Yeah, staff right now, which is crazy. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. It's like he hasn't been really carrying his weight, but if that's your worst pitcher so far, then that kind of shows what their roster's been able to do on the pitching side. Um, but then you're right, like young guys um in the field in the lineup, right? Like Luis Arias that they got from the twins was a huge pickup. Um but other than Chisholm, De La Cruz. Yep. Well, yeah, Jazz uh, Chisholm for sure, which I know he's been hurt too, though. That doesn't help either. Um, yeah, because like he's he's currently hurt again, and I don't even Brian know. Brian Dale Cruz has been nuts though. Yep, he has. So, a lot of young so. guys that are performing well. If you have a Brian Dale Cruz card out there, I suggest you put it on the market. <laughs> I do believe I have a rookie on card auto of his. Well, there you go to eBay. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Um, you have the Marlins. So, I remember last year we were getting in breaks, and I got the Marlins every other goddamn break. You for sure did. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna take a team that I mean I'm jumping here it might be a bit of a reach because there's a lot of teams that are still under 500 that we're not a lot but a few teams still under 500 we haven't discussed but another team that I think is overperforming and it's a team that is a household name but it's the Boston Red Sox this is not a team that coming into the year they were supposed oh, to finish wow. last in the AL East um, they were not supposed to be very I mean they traded some of their biggest pieces you lost Xander um, your rotation isn't anything to write home about, but yet they've been playing pretty well with what they have. And so maybe I'm jumping the gun a little bit. Maybe I'm not giving them enough credit for what they've done. Um, but this is a team that was not supposed to be good. And I still can't convince myself that they're going to be good for the remainder of the year. Um, but they might prove me wrong. So we'll see. But this is an ALA's team that is by far exceeding expectations for the division that they are in. Fair enough. And I'm going to take a little jump here as well. Uh, I'm going and I'm going to round out the NL central <laughs> round out the NL central, uh, the Milwaukee Brewers. Um, I mean, they have a, and I'm not basing just on this, but they have a, a minus 26 run differential um, in terms of just talent on the, on the pitching side, hitting side. I think they way over it like exceeded expectations in terms of wins in the beginning of the season. It's finally catching up with them. The NL central is going to make a massive shift uh, here within the next month and a half. I'd say come, come early July, things are going to look a lot different in the NL central. I think you're going to see the Cardinals close to the top. 
the Brewers might still be up there, but I don't think that they're a top team in the MLB. So right at 16, you know, basically middle middle of the pack is where they belong. Yeah, you, you want to talk about a team that has a lot of young talent on the field, and it's the Milwaukee Brewers. They don't have any anybody outside of maybe Rowdy Telez in that lineup that's not, you know, fresh out the womb. Their rotation is what carries them, and it has for the last couple of years because their offense was abysmal last year as well. Um, but I just don't think it's sustainable. Their pitching is sustainable, but I don't think that their hitting is. They might win some close, low-run low, low uh, run ball games, but the NL Central is going to be one to where somebody might win that division at like 81 and 81. Like it, It's going to be a disgusting battle all the way to the end, and whoever wins the division is probably going to get met by a buzzsaw in the postseason, but who knows? Um, with some mid-season additions by one of these teams, maybe they can turn it around and become elite. Cough, cough, Cardinals. Go pick up somebody like Shane Bieber. <laughs> I don't know if um, I want Shane Bieber's old ass at this rate. <laughs> but anyway. Um, fair, fair. <laughs> All right, I got to jump back down because I can't leave these teams just sitting down here because I don't think they deserve the credit that we're giving them, and it's the San Diego Padres. Um, again, a team that should win or should have won 100-plus games probably. Although I will say, and I said it when it happened, I don't know why they have four shortstops on their team. Um, I know that they have strategically placed them around the field. You've got Fernando Tatis in the outfield. You've got um, Machado at third, who I guess he's played third for a while now, but a natural shortstop. Xander Bogarts is a shortstop. Jake Cronenworth has been playing second. Um, I mean, I, I just it didn't make sense to me when they signed Xander because they already have all these shortstops, but. When you've got guys like Juan Soto, Xander, Machado, and Fernando Tatis, you probably should be winning more than the amount of games that you've won, and they haven't even been playing well. So, like, those guys specifically. I think Jake Cronenworth, who they just signed to, like, a, I feel like I think it was, like, five years, $72 million, has been hitting, like, 210. Like, you can't get that out of guys that are making double-digit millions of dollars a year. So, um, right. I just – One and out. Put three infielders in the outfield. <laughs> yeah, that's what the so, Cardinals do. The Ali Marmol technique. Um, but no, I mean, you got you to gotta throw them in there somewhere, right? Like with as bad as they're performing right now, you, based on what they were projected to do, I mean, just like the Cardinals, you got to put it in as to how they're performing right now. Yep. With that being said, I am going to throw in the last of the negative run differential teams that are out there, and that's New York Mets, uh, you know, Max Scherzer addition. Um, they have Justin Verlander, right? The Justin Verlander addition, yeah. yeah. Max Scherzer was already on the team. Right, right, right. That's what I meant. Justin Verlander addition, Max Scherzer. You got two old aces there that aren't aces anymore. And then outside of that, you got some shitty pitching. And then you just couple that with uh, offense that just hasn't really been hitting all that well. Um, no. Really at all, you're lying on Francisco Lindor and Pete Alonso to hit you solo home runs every game. That's not going to cut it. Yeah, I was going to say Pete Alonso might hit 62 home runs this year, and he might finish with 100 RBIs. So, <laughs> which that's, that's not I'm a saying. great that's not a great differential there if you're uh, looking to score runs. But yeah, and when they signed Verlander, hey. that was the first thing that I said. Um, I don't remember who it was. Too might have been you, might have been whoever else. But you just signed a guy who's already 40 years old. I know you just want to sign young. I get that. But these dudes are old and you're expecting them to both be the aces of your rotation. And I just didn't, I didn't see it happening. And so far it hasn't. And I don't think that's going to change. Like they, they're wearing out. They're the back end of their career. Hey, at least you got Kate Hudson walking around the streets in NYC. Fair. That's, that's a great point. Better in Detroit. Can't have that. Can't have her walking around the streets of Detroit. <laughs> oh my God. Um, All right. All right, next team. We talked about this team a little bit earlier. Um, the San Francisco Giants uh, might be a little overperforming as well. Again, they're only oh, two yeah, by 500. Is... Um, but it's, <clears throat> again, not a team that, I mean, I just talked about the Red Sox, right? This is a team that I, I thought was going to finish last in their division because I think the Diamondbacks are a lot better of a team than people think. Um, and so far, they've shown that. But this is a team that I would have expected at the bottom of the barrel in the NL West. And right now, I mean... They're still basically there, but <laughs> well, it's kind of like how how they started last year, right? Um, I yep. mean, I will I will still be shocked if they finish anywhere above fifteen, like overall in the MLB. So having them at thirteen now is not bad, but yeah, I mean they're definitely 
again, exceeding expectations. A lot of young talent on their team combined with, like, I'm pretty sure they still have a few guys that were on that fucking 2014 <laughs> World Series team. Right. So they're going to they're gonna get tired come game 130. Yeah. Yep. Also, the fucking Braves pushed, so now my $15 to win $200 bet is looking like a $15 to win, like, 75 <laughs> Yep. Exactly. But hey, at least not a loss. Um, True. Take take a tie. It's like kissing your sister. Fifteen to win ninety. Nope. Total payouts. So it was fifteen to win seventy five. Called it. Okay. You Love nailed that. it on the head. Huh, nailed right. it on the head. All right. Next team up. Let's see at number twelve who we got. Want to make sure I'm not leaving anyone out below. There's a huge still hmm. below there. What's that? There's a couple there's still a, below. I there. think there's I think there's only there's only two still below where we're at. Um yep. I guess I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to go with with this team just because of where they're where they're at in terms of uh production on offense and what the record's at. I gotta go with Seattle Mariners. Um they just haven't been able to put away games. Their bullpen's pretty goddamn awful. Um like I said, they, I mean, they have plus 31 run differential. Uh, and this is the stat that I'm looking at that I really love. But, I mean, they're scoring runs, and they're beating team. When they win, they win handily in close games. And I've seen this a few times already this year, more than a few. But, like, ninth inning up by one, eighth inning up by one, they let up a run, their bullpen lets it up, and they give up the lead, and they can't get it back in the ninth. Their bats are good. Their starting pitching is good. But their bullpen is going to leave them. Just short, probably make the playoffs, probably lose uh, early. Yep. Um, I'm going to give you the team that's right behind them then for one of a similar reason, and it is the Minnesota Twins. Um, the Minnesota Twins, and this is a misleading stat because they only have two qualified guys right now, but their team leader in batting average is Byron Buxton, and he's batting 221. Um, Shut the fuck up. But again, misleading stat because they only have two guys qualified right now in terms of being able to be in that category for, for league leaders. Um, but but even though when you look at it, Jose Miranda, 220. Joey Gallo, 200. Uh, Taylor Larnick, I always say his name wrong, 215. Um, Christian Vasquez, 233. Max Kepler, 194. Like this team is not hitting the baseball. It doesn't matter who it is. Um, Michael Taylor, 212. Carlos Correa, 211. That is an abysmal offense for a team that has pretty decent pitching. And that is the only reason that they're probably not 15 games under 500 is you got guys like Joe Ryan, Sonny Gray having the biggest rebound year I've ever seen with a 1.94 ERA. Um, Pablo Lopez leading the team in strikeouts. Like they've got really good pitching and really shitty hitting. Um, And that, Balances out, and that's probably why they're right at 500. So unless that offense picks it up, they're going to be nasty this year. Like that's an awful lineup. Shouldn't have got rid of the Luis Arias. Literally, dude's batting like 380. <laughs> <laughs> uh, at number 10, uh, this is a team that we probably have still too high. Uh, again, we might we, we might revisit this come July, but I got the Los Angeles Angels, a team that's just very hit or miss. Um, they rely a lot on their stars. I mean, you're you're basically, basically. I mean, like begging for a win when Shohei takes the mound. Uh, anytime that either one of either Shohei or Mike Trout does well on offense in the game, you're pretty much just like hoping for a win or some scrub hits a home run. Because outside of the outside of those two, the roster is just not stellar. So. At 29 and 26, I feel like at, at the 10th spot right now is really high. So, yeah, my, I don't see them uh, getting any higher. My bold take earlier this year on the pod of the uh, Angels fish, finishing with a better record than the Dodgers is uh, not looking too great right now. <laughs> uh, you can join the Jarrett, you can join the Jarrett Ryan Club because yeah. he's done that the last three years. Yep. Um, this is really, in my opinion, where their talent starts to separate from that bunch. Again, all those teams we just rattled off from 10 to 25 are within like four games of each other. There's there's one more team. Um, I'm going to let Travis talk about his next uh, seltzer here in a second. But there's one more team that's kind of in that clusterfuck of teams between three to 
two to three games above 500, but I think they're a little bit separated in their talent. And that's the Toronto blue Jays. That offense is stellar. Um, I have them at number, what is that? Nine um, to start off our um, top of the batch, I guess, but I don't even know. Actually, I might, can I backtrack that? Can, can, I, can I take a step back here? I'm going to actually put the Arizona Diamondbacks here um, because I actually think that the Toronto Blue Jays probably deserve to be maybe just a step or two higher on this list because of how good their offense is. And they have good pitching. It hasn't been stellar, stellar so far this year. But Alex Manoa has looked decent. Um, I believe they still have Jose. No, they don't have Jose Barrios. No, they have Jose Barrios. Um, but decent pitching all around. Um but their offense is just incredible. But I'll stop that, and I'll talk about the Diamondbacks then. Um, this is a team that coming into the season I thought was going to be pretty good. Um, I believe I mentioned it on the podcast when I did a little MLB preview. Um, Jared had asked me for some teams to watch out for. I said the Orioles, which we still haven't gotten to, so that's looking good for me. I said the Diamondbacks, which I'm talking about right now in the top 10, so that's looking good for me. Um, but this team has a lot of young talent and they have really good pitching too. Like Zach Gallon kind of leading the way again, again, another fallen soldier of the St. Louis Cardinal trade debauchery um, in that sense. But um, yeah, I just think, I think a pretty well-rounded lineup. You've got veteran guys like Evan Longoria on that team as well, um, who can kind of help lead that clubhouse. So good team. Um, I don't know if I can put them any higher now that I kind of look at it, but they're eight games above 500 for a reason. And I think that that's because they do have some quality talent and I don't think that that's a fluke. They may not finish super high, but I think that they'll finish in the top three of the NL West. And especially if the Padres don't pick it up. So. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Before I dive into my next team, which is a very bold take, we got a bold drink. (laughs) So I mean, look at these cans. So oh, that looks so nice. Quirk. All right. This Winning. is the pineapple orange whip. Sounds pretty fucking fire. It smells fire. It smells like a beach. I just want to be sitting on a beach right now. My little fucking white ass beluga whale looking <laughs> ass sitting on the beach. Oh, there's also a, a another team, by the way, we're going to talk about in a second that I said on the podcast was going to be really good this year to watch out for. And I'm just, I'll point that out in a little bit. Fire. The uh, good, I, I, I had a little bit higher hopes. I think that the which surprisingly the peach apricot whip trop tops this barely. I'll give this a six and a half, or I'll give it a six and a half. Uh, okay. and I'll give the other one a seven and a half, but it's still very, very good. Actually, scratch it, I'll give it a seven, round it up. Okay. Um, my team at eight, and you might disagree, but I think it's a team that's due for some fall off. They've had they've had some very 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 good luck lately. Um, again, hot take. You're gonna hate it. I got the Baltimore Orioles. I am gonna coming in eight. That's fine. Go ahead. <laughs> hey, you know what? I man, it just it all relies on their pitching for me. I think at, at some point they're gonna go through a stretch where their pitchers aren't hitting their stride. I mean, a lot of them have like mid. Not, I wouldn't say mid to high, but like the, the upper echelon of mid-tier ERAs, which I know that's not like the best stat to judge, but they are letting up runs. And eventually their bats are going to let them down. They're going to go through a stint where they're going streaky, kind of like the Cardinals are right now. Um, and it's going to level them back out. I'm not saying they're not a good team. I mean, eight for the Baltimore Orioles is just fine. They're going to be right there. They're going to be competing for the division. They're going to make the playoffs, but I think eight is where I have them at. So. Yeah, I don't hate that. I would have had them like hovering right around five um, because, I, again, I do think they're overperforming a little bit, right? They're leading the fucking AL East um, in, a, in a gauntlet of an AL East division. Um, I, think the other, I think the other rosters are better. Yeah, I, I, definitely. I think that the Baltimore Orioles are surprising a lot of people. It's not just, not just you, not just us. Um, and to your point, and we can't really, you know, average isn't the only stat, obviously, to go off of when we talk about offense but they are sitting at 15 right now. So right at the middle of the pack in the league in offense. So it's not like their offense is some stuff. I mean, they're below the Cardinals in offensive production in terms of average. They've now, had, again, they've had the only like the most perfect balance of like, cause their pitching isn't stellar. They've had the most perfect balance of like when their pitchers do well, their hitters are like middle of the tier. When their pitchers yep. do bad, their hitters are overperforming. 
And there's going to, it's got to bounce out eventually. So their team ERA right now sits at 13th in the league as well. So again, it's kind of like they're right in the middle echelon of both categories. Again, ERA and batting average, they're below eighth. Like I said, yeah, got to balance out. And again, I know that that's, that's just one stat on both sides of the ball. Um, But again, it's, it's, it helps you at least tell some of the story. And I think that you're not wrong there. I don't think that they should be so much higher. I, like I said, I had around five, but I wouldn't have gone any higher than that. Um, I guess I'll go ahead and put them right here. Then the, uh, Toronto blue Jays, <laughs> I'll just swing back around to him. I already talked about them. Like I said, I think their offense is stellar. I think that they have good pitching. I think that they'll be better than the three games above 500 team that they currently are. Um, I think personally hot take that they're better than the Yankees. Maybe that's not a hot take. I don't know. Um, but I think that they'll finish ahead of the Yankees this year. Also, um, I want to correct an error I said about two minutes ago and that they're that the Baltimore Orioles were leading the AL East. I forgot about the most important team in the entire league that we'll talk about in a second. Um, but so I apologize. <laughs> they are not leading the AL East and it is not particularly close. <laughs> Fair enough. Anyways, yeah. Anyways, um, I'm gonna go with the next team that you just said that you just compared the Blue Jays to because this uh division is just bananas. I'm gonna go with the Yankees. Uh, I don't know. I mean they're they're great. Don't get me wrong. Uh, I just don't think they're top five. We're relying a lot on on just like I said, specific individuals. You got the right pitching at the right time, the right hitting going on at the right time. Uh, thirty three and twenty three plus thirty three in the differential category, which is a team below them that's just a little bit better. Which I hope that you're having at five. So why I put them there. Um, I don't, I don't know if if I'm gonna have who you think I'm gonna have here because I'm gonna put the Dodgers here. Um, this is a team that I think is overperforming. Um, you hear about it a lot, and that a lot of people expected the Dodgers at least to take a little bit of a dip this year. Um, they lost some key pieces. They've got a lot of new guys shuffled into um, that infield, that outfield. Their rotation, they lost Walker Bueller, so they've been relying on some other guys. Obviously, they still have guys like Gonsolin. Um, Kershaw is Kershaw even with his age um, but they, they've got a lot of just like hit or miss pieces but all those pieces have been hitting right now I don't know if they will hit the whole season they're still going to be good they've, they've proven that regardless of what kind of turnover they have if they lose guys like Walker Bueller for an entire season that they're still going to perform um, but I think they're just performing a little bit higher than what I would have anticipated which is why at the beginning of the season I said the Angels were going to be better than them I don't think that's true anymore but I still think that maybe they're not as good as they are right now. Still a top five team though. Yep. There you go. And I got a team that's performing just a little bit better than them at four. It's Houston Astros. Uh, They're uh, arguably one of the hottest teams in baseball right now, seven and three in their last 10. Uh, You could say the same about the Yankees. You could say the same about the Rangers, but Houston Astros lost Justin Verlander. I don't think that they're going to be the team that wins it all, but they're all, they're going to compete against the best. So, I can't hate on that at all. Um, I'll give you a team that this is the this is the take I had at the beginning of the year when Jarrett was like, "What are some teams to look out for?" This was the team I Rangers. forgot to mention earlier. It is the Texas Rangers. Um, I probably shouldn't even have them this low at three because they've been playing so well. They have the best offense in the entire MLB. Um, they have the fourth best pitching in the entire MLB, and this is again. I'm only basing this off ERA and batting average, so it's maybe not the whole telltale story. But if you just want to round it out in that way, they are hitting on all cylinders. They've had guys go down. No surprise to anybody at all. They lost Jacob deGrom for a very large handful of games, and their pitching has still been just absolutely stellar. They lost Corey Seager for 10 to 12 games, and then he came back, and everybody else is still hitting, and so is he. So, um I, I thought this team was going to be really good going into the season. I didn't expect them to be this hot out of the gate, um, but they just, they've looked really good on both sides of the ball. Yeah. I mean, they've been nuts, uh, but you got to put these other two teams in front of them, even though this team might not be in front of them right now. I think overall talent wise, I mean, pitching hit, like literally all around, they're the better team. Uh, they just haven't made that leap over them. Got the Atlanta Braves because there's a clear number one right now, and it's not even close. Uh, yep. But the Braves, good team. They're going to compete. Uh, but I think the clear number one is like, I mean, 
everyone's no got to be gunning for them right now. Yep. Yeah, I, they've just speaking of. I mean, talk about a team that's been hitting on all cylinders. Obviously, they had like a historic start to the season um, with what they were doing in terms of hitting home runs, winning games. It was just an unreal, unreal start. And they've still been playing well. They've obviously cooled off a little bit. Nobody expected them to just be forty and ten or something at this point. But um, Stanbury Rays, Rays, you guys, yeah. <laughs> the <laughs> Rays are just unreal. Un- uh, unreal. It's kind of crazy because they are they're really not that good of a team away from home. So this could be mm-hmm. something that we could look at. Uh again, maybe we'll revisit this come early July and see if it's some of the same. But they're 26 and 6 at home. They're 13 and 12 on the road. So maybe we could use this data to find a little bit of a the gambling side. Mm-hmm. Can't argue with because that. they're huge favorites in just about every game right now. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And and I mean, rightfully so, but yeah, if you, if you get them on the road and you see a nice like pitching matchup, maybe that you like, um, I mean, take tonight, for example, aren't they in Chicago? Yeah. They, they just got swept by Chicago. Yeah. And they lost and they had Shane McClanahan on the mountain night. Would have never expected that. Um, so not a, not a bad uh, gambling perspective to take if you're going to look at the Rays and and kind of their splits at home and on the road. So I like that. I like that a lot. Well, there you have it. We uh, we covered the MLB power rankings up and down. Talked pretty heftily about it. So hope you enjoyed that. We got everything covered. Um, we'll be back at you in a couple of weeks. Maybe we'll have Jarrett. Maybe we won't. We'll see. But either way, we'll see you on the other side. Peace. Peace.